0: Hello, Happy New Year, and welcome
1: to 2023, first episode of Telling Everybody Everything. I'm coming to you today from Violet's bedroom. Hers is the only one with phone reception, and I have just done a research call for BBC The One Show, which I will be appearing on with Bobby and Fenna tomorrow. Tomorrow is Friday because my podcast has no producer, no edit. It goes out exactly when it's recorded. Today is Thursday, the 5th of January, and we have to stop saying Happy New Year soon, but not today. So today, Happy New Year. I hope that this year brings you everything you always dreamed of. Um, Violet's bedroom is pretty tight. She always wants to change it around, redecorate, and we have said to Violet, if you can keep your en suite clean, you can take your trash out, and we don't see any dishes or crap lying around your room, then we will entrust you with more aesthetic decisions. She's unable to do that. I mean, this place is a dump. And (laughs) it could be better. I understand. I was 13 once too. Like, I wasn't the cleanest person. But she's got some, like, luxuries in here. I had to turn off a fridge on her vanity. She's got a mini fridge that makes this fridge noise. Not acceptable for the podcast. Um, That is unnecessary. If anyone tells you, oh, you need to keep your creams and your cosmetics cold, That is a lie. Or put them in your normal fridge in the kitchen. It does feel nice to have some cosmetics cold, but just use the normal fridge. Though this mini fridge was gifted to her by a very wealthy child. So maybe maybe this girl. I mean, maybe the little girl who has everything. What do you get them? A cosmetics fridge, I guess. But it just hums in the room and what? Chills her lip gloss, her moisturizer? I don't get it. And I have perfect skin. I saw a dermatologist today. And I wasn't going to go, actually. I was kind of offended on behalf of wheelchair users because I wrote in to the consultation forum and I, I wrote, you know, I need to see this dermatologist because I think she's really talented and my jawline has taken an absolute nosedive. Um, I know she offers certain lasers that I thought might be helpful Everybody thinks that I've like gone overboard with filler, I've done this or that. I've just been pregnant four times in three years, I keep telling you, and my jawline has not really recovered. So I emailed in, and they said, oh, can you come at nine? I said, you know what? I have to come from North London with a baby. Could it be a bit later? And she goes, oh, you can't bring a baby. And I was like, well, I'm not having a treatment. I'm having a consultation to discuss my shit jawline and what to do about it. I can't do anything anyway because I'm breastfeeding. I'm paying for a consultation, which is gonna be the delicate genius dermatologist looking at my face in a room for ten minutes, charging me two hundred and fifty pounds to tell me like what to do next. I want to make a plan of attack for when I'm no longer breastfeeding and have a better jawline like I used to have. And uh, she goes, "Well, no, because we have stairs and you can't have a pram and you can't have a baby." And I said, "Well, it's not like a loud, annoying baby. She's two weeks old. She's the perfect baby." like God bless Fena, my favorite child yet. Fena is silent, like touch wood. I don't know she could change, but she is so happy and agreeable. She seems comfortable and peaceful all the time. Her name means peace, but so does Fred's name. And that kid is a Looney Tune. From the minute he wakes up, he's full tilt. He's a lovely boy. I enjoy his personality. He is my good, good friend and I love him so much. Similar to Violet. Violet turned out to be the perfect child but violet and fred when they were infants fucked me that you two fucked me (laughs) they screamed and cried from the moment they were born and you had to do literal gymnastics to make them stop fena you just look at her and she's happy oh god bless fena so i explained about fena i said she's two weeks old she doesn't make any noise i don't even have her in a pram yet um, I will just carry her in the carrier. I will sit in front of this doctor for five seconds and then I will leave. And she's like, well, oh, let me ask the practice manager and I'll get back to you. And I said, hang on a second, though. Stairs. So I can't bring a pram up the stairs. So how do you accommodate wheelchair users? And the woman was like, mm, mm, I'll get back to you. It was weird. I didn't think businesses were allowed to do that. And I do understand not bringing a baby to a treatment. It's not safe to have them in the same room as a laser or anything else. And you can't very well, you know, I understand they have to draw a line because you wouldn't want a toddler running around that place. It's got lots of equipment. It isn't safe to bring kids there. Fair. But if you have a two week old and you're just having a consultation, what is the harm? The woman got back to me anyway, and she was like, yeah, what's the harm? You can bring this two week old. And I did. But I almost felt like I wasn't going to go. I almost felt like I don't know how I feel about this business. I don't know. It remains to be seen whether I will go back for a treatment or not. She did recommend a laser. It's not really a laser. It's like a ultrasound treatment. She was very nice, uh, but I just don't know. I don't, guys. I just don't know how I feel about any like heat or light or laser or ultrasound treatments on your face. Maybe I should get it and let you know if I feel like there's any difference to my absolute trash jawline. But I think once your jawline starts to go. It's gone and you can wait and get a facelift when you hit menopause. Um, A deep, plain, vertical restore facelift, by the way, which I believe the Kardashians have all had in their late 30s. That is the best information that I can gather from all my inside sources. Everyone believes they've had a deep, plain, vertical restore. Look this up. It's different from a facelift Mm -hmm. because they don't pull your skin. They like drag up the ligaments, basically, and it looks very natural Uh, just look it up. I don't know. But that's like a big step to take. And I'm definitely nowhere near ready to take that step. I'm scared. So do I try a laser? Or do I just leave well enough alone? Get pregnant again? Who knows? Who knows? Look, the reason I came on today, whoa, I came on today because I do the podcast every week. Hopefully. Sometimes I'm late. But it's not like I'm just packed up. Joanne, where the fuck are you? What do you think? We're on like regular business hours? Joanne was drafted in. I'm talking about my sister Joanne to go through the emails that you send to telling everybody everything at gmail.com. Find the most interesting, uh, spicy, you know, insightful ones that would be great for the podcast, and send me an edited version of those. Because no matter how much I beg, your emails that you send are largely way too long to feature on the podcast. And sometimes I I don't have the capacity to read through the hundreds of emails that I get. So I said, Joanne, I will pay you every week. Go through these emails. Send me the best. And um, she just packed up for Christmas. What the fuck, Joanne? What do you think this is? We don't do bank holidays. We don't do regular hours. I had a baby and recorded the podcast days later. You got to get with the work ethic of telling everybody everything. Anyway, I'll be doing the emails myself, I guess, apparently. But, um, oh, I already know there are so many messages from everyone about my words regarding Andrew (laughs) Tate last week. If you didn't listen to last week's podcast, Pierce Morgan's Twitter account was hacked. You might know Pierce Morgan as a professional irritant. He's a broadcaster, but he rubs a lot of people the right way and a lot of people the wrong way because he says things that are inflammatory. I feel that he does so on purpose. His hacked account tweeted, Andrew Tate shot dead in Dubai. I'm up in the middle of the night breastfeeding. You know that Fenna and I and Fred and everyone in the family has had a terrible, terrible cough. I lost my smell with this cough, which depressed me because for a second time, I could not smell my newborn baby. And I feel like it's a very biological, animalistic ugh, privilege. To be able to sense and smell your children. I am so grateful that my smells come back now. But I was really sick. I'm still sick, but I'm worlds better. Um, I was up in the middle of the night coughing and breastfeeding, and I think Andrew Tate, I've heard that name before. I don't really know where. I think I know, sort of, let me look him up. And the internet decided to show me in my late night looking up of Andrew Tate some videos that I thought made quite a lot of sense. They were not misogynistic. They were not racist. It was videos that were, you know, not in line with what the establishment tells you. So I found them very interesting. I found them very mild, and I said, I kind of like this guy. I think I know he's an asshole. and I'm supposed to know that he's an asshole. Also, I've since realized I had him muted on Twitter, so he must have at some point been embroiled in some controversy. I knew who he was at some point, but I've just forgot. So I said on my podcast, oh, the videos that I saw, like, uh, this guy's an asshole, but the videos I saw made sense to me. Holy shit, did you guys freak out? Freak out. Being like, Catherine, you're as bad as he is. Well, hang on. I saw a few videos that I didn't mind, so there are people who think that I'm as bad as Andrew Tate now. This is the point that I was trying to illustrate. I didn't even realize I was trying to illustrate, is that there are people who have messaged me, Catherine, I've agreed with everything you've said for a decade. I really loved everything that you were about. You're a feminist. You're an ally. You're this, you're that. But you liked an Andrew Tate video. You're trashed me now. You're canceled. I'm unfollowing you. Bye, girly. These are the messages I got. (coughs) And I was like, this is what I'm trying to say. You are in line with a lot of the views of someone that you like. They say one thing that you disagree with and you discard them forever. You're like, oh, well, I don't agree with 100% of what you've said, so you're done. You're as bad as Andrew Tate. Let me ask you, who have I sex trafficked? Almost no one. And what you didn't realize is that maybe I decided to put on my podcast that I enjoyed an Andrew Tate video because who listens to Telling Everybody Everything? Of course, the Romanian authorities. They listened to me, discover Andrew Tate for the first time. And they said, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, we were supposed to be arresting this guy for sex trafficking today. Let's do that. Because people like Catherine Ryan really need to know what he's about before they make a terrible mistake. And then he was arrested literally hours after my podcast was published saying I liked him. So you're welcome. You're welcome. My podcast alerted the Romanian authorities to the danger of this man, because. I have since seen many more videos, and he is a problem. Let me tell you, you got to really be careful how much you learn about someone before you go on a podcast and say they might be cool. This guy, this guy does a sex trafficking, allegedly, a sex trafficking ploy called the lover boy approach. It is very popular in sex trafficking. I saw a whole article about it written by this uh, NYU student who specializes in sex trafficking, international sex trafficking, American sex trafficking. And she says that it is very seldomly someone just snatching you up and being like, whoop, you're sex trafficked. No, that uh, with women especially, we're like empaths, we fall in love, that it will be a special kind of evil man who sets out to sex traffic you, but he makes you fall in love with him and makes you believe that his intentions are to be in a relationship with you. And then once you have attachment to him, he can coerce you and use all kinds of tactics to basically pressure you into sex trafficking. So then I saw an interview with Andrew Tate where he basically admits to this. He goes, yeah, I run a webcam thing and most of the women on my webcam business are women I dated and I would seek them out like he he spells it out that he had the intention of getting them on the webcam business but he like dated them for a while and tested them out according to him and then like told them that they they were gonna get rich together and and coerce them essentially to be webcam girls and then would go date someone else this is by definition this lover boy tactic is really bad and really dangerous and like you guys most of you showed me absolutely no mercy I just had a baby like days ago, my blood oxygen levels were plummeting. You can hear it in my voice. I was sick. I was up in the middle of the night. Yes, I found a few Andrew Tate videos palatable. Yes, I did on absolutely the wrong day. What a whirlwind. Pierce Morgan tweets he's dead. I figure out who he is. He gets in a fight with Greta Thunberg. There's a pizza video. All of a sudden I say, well, the videos I saw were fine. He gets arrested for being like the worst kind of person in the world. I don't know what's going on, but I do I regret saying I like Andrew Tate? Obviously, (laughs) obviously. But again, it highlights, I think what happens with these kind of people. Oh, there was another statement by this um, British intellectual person, Femi, on Twitter where he said, a lot of these accounts you will like, maybe 50% of what they say, maybe 60% of what they say. And that is the bit that's meant to draw you in and you go, oh, this person has a lot of great ideas. If you are, let's say, a young, vulnerable young man in school who's like looking for a leader or a father figure or like, this is what happens with these accounts. And this is why they're successful at indoctrinating youth. Because they go, well, that makes sense. And that sounds smart. And these are ideas I haven't heard before. And then the next round of videos are like very harmful, misogynistic, racist or whatever. But already the kid is all in. The kid is like, but he said a lot of smart things. Right. So I basically fell for it like a 15 year old schoolboy, like a fucking incel. I'm thinking, oh, I like what he said about freedom. But that, that freedom in Andrew Tate's world, I don't think applies to women at all. It's a it's a dark, dark rabbit hole I ended up going down before finding out who he was. And what's crazy, what you need to worry about is your memory loss, age 39. Because, like I said, I had muted him on Twitter at some point in my life. But I forgot doing that. Not only did I forget about doing it, I really didn't remember exactly who he was. And now he's in jail. Oh, Catherine. But look, I forgive all of you for, well, if you're still listening for canceling your subscription to me, not that you pay for it, but just being like, I hate you now, Catherine. Fine. I get it. I get how you operate, especially the Gen Zs. You got to agree with 100% of everything someone does or else you write them off. And I was bang on about you doing this. So I'm sorry that I upset you. If you happen to hear I was wrong, Andrew Tate is not cool, And um, hopefully that's the last time that happens. And it is a lesson to me. that I need to like fully learn about someone before I tell you that I saw a cool video that they talked about. Whoa. I still, though, don't really know how Andrew Tate can be equated with Jordan Peterson. Because a lot of the messages were like, and you like Jordan Peterson and he's a piece of shit. So I need to look into that more. I saw the other day that the Canadian Association of Psychotherapists or something Uh, whatever organization is responsible for licensed psychotherapists in Canada where Jordan Peterson is from, they are disciplining him because some people complained that his behavior on social media is causing harm. Again, I need to be very careful because I don't know about all of Jordan Peterson's behavior on social media. I do not follow Jordan Peterson on social media. I have listened to a few episodes of his podcast I have agreed with the majority of what I have heard on these episodes. A lot of these episodes are about parenting. Um, I haven't heard anything misogynistic or racist. That doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Oh, my God. The fucking workload of listening to someone's entire back catalog before saying anything about them. This is going to cripple me, this workload. But um, he yeah. So now he has to do like basically reeducation. They're saying if he wants to keep his license, he needs, which you need, you need your psychotherapy license. He um, has to work with a coach to learn about how to behave on social media, what type of words to use. I've seen the document that he's meant to sign and it says this coach is going to report on his progress and then there's going to be a tribunal and decide whether he's fit to keep his license, yada, yada, yada. And he's up in arms about this. Ugh, there are people who say that he does cause harm and he deserves to lose his license. But he's certainly not sex trafficking anyone. Oh, God. Fena. Oh, my. Oh, my goodness. I said last week that Fena had a cough. Um. Obviously, you know that. But she's so much better this week. So much better. She turned a corner after about two days. And it was really scary for a while. She's too young to be unwell. But we didn't have to take her into hospital. We didn't have to see any doctors about it or anything. Her cough, thanks to colostrum and breastfeeding and just her own immune system, I guess, slowly, well, kind of quickly improved. And now she just coughs like, ah-ha, ha But it's not horrible like it was. And she's feeding really well. She's the best feeder that I've had. Well, no, Violet was really good. She's better than Fred. Um, and she is growing and she's amazing. And she's coming to the One Show tomorrow. Thank you, by the way, for watching Romantic Getaway on Sky or Now TV. Thank you for watching my brand new stand-up special, Misses, on Sky TV and uh, uh, Now TV. If you can't have Sky or you don't have Sky, then you can get a short trial subscription or a full subscription to Now TV, and you can watch stuff on your phone or your laptop. I personally love it. You can also watch White Lotus on there, all kinds of HBO, Comedy Central, old episodes of Your Face or Mine even are you all right? She's fine. And she has some girly clothes now. (laughs) I know that sometimes when I talk about baby stuff, it alienates people. And I definitely don't want to do that. Like some people have uh, issues where they want to have a child and they don't have one yet. Or some people really don't have any interest in children and they don't like when I talk about parenting stuff at all. But hopefully part of this interests you. Maybe you have um, a family member or a friend who's about to have a baby. And I forgot to talk about it on the last podcast uh, and mostly the birth story podcast about Fenna being born. She is my only baby to not have even a hint of jaundice. Jaundice is when they look kind of orange like George Hamilton after they're born. That's because they're adjusting to being in the world and all of their bilirubin from their blood cells has to be like pooped out basically and that happens through they say sunlight they're always like oh put a little jaundice baby by the window but now i'm reading that it has very little to do with sunlight and it's more just about feeding and like excreting all this bilirubin and them adjusting to their new environment so violet was pretty orange when she was born not too bad fred was quite orange when he was born and then that went he didn't have to be under a jaundice light or treated for it or anything it's just most newborns are a little bit jaundicey out was 0% jaundice, 0%. And I personally have this feeling that it is to do with optimal cord clamping. That's what it's called. Well, they used to call it delayed cord clamping. And then they decided to change the name to optimal cord clamping or cord something because it isn't really delayed. So, so the initial wisdom is like you have a baby, the baby comes out. It's attached to the umbilical cord. You clamp and you or the dad or the other parent or someone cuts the umbilical cord, correct? Well, now they're saying if you leave it attached for a little while, so you like hold the baby and the cord is still on the baby and the placenta inside of you. You just hold the baby for a while, hang out. Um, they can feed or like you just keep them warm, whatever. Then you clamp the cord that all this extra really healthy blood goes into the baby from the cord and the cord kind of turns a whiter color. So the idea is the way we've been doing it in the past, you cut the cord too soon and they get all this extra blood if you wait a bit. So when Fena was born, luckily the midwives were very knowledgeable on this subject. They delayed cord clamping and I held Fena while she was attached to her cord for 12 minutes before they clamped and then Bobby cut the cord. And so that means all this extra really healthy blood from the placenta like, was able to go into her. And I feel like that's why she didn't have jaundice. So, hmm, interesting medical things. Some people are really against it. Some people think it could cause more jaundice. Um, I had a phlebotomist at the house waiting to take cord blood to bank it for me. She was probably wondering, why are they waiting? But that's what we did. And I feel like it was key. So chat, chat that around your little baby groups. Please listen now to these brief messages from our beautiful sponsors. And when we return, I'll be reading some of your mostly Andrew Tate-based hateful emails, but not out loud because I've been through those. I'll be finding other emails where you're asking me questions and you need advice. You want to tell me something cool. If you ever want to write me an email, by the way, the address is everything at
0: gmail.com.
1: Oh, no. Are you insane or are you Khloe Kardashian? Catherine, my ex-wife and I separated last year. We have a two-year-old together um, of whom we share custody. We still get on well and we separated due to a lack of intimacy in our marriage and generally we're more like friends. I would have liked to work on the marriage, but she did not seem willing to try. And that is another story. As a lesbian couple, we went through IVF to conceive our child and we still have a number of frozen embryos in storage. We both want another baby at some point in the future, and I've thought of suggesting we try for one together, even if we're not in a relationship anymore. I think she'd be open to it, but is this a ridiculous idea? I understand there would be a lot of logistics to establish, but we're going to be in each other's lives forever already and co-parent already. Am I being ridiculous entertaining the idea? You write this to me as though you have never seen The Duchess. Or are you asking me because you have seen The Duchess? I made a documentary on Netflix about uh, considering having another baby, a second child with a new partner, all on your own, or with your ex. This documentary is called The Duchess. It's not a documentary at all. A lot of people treated it like it was. It was a comedy series. And I think that maybe if you guys haven't watched that, you should watch that independently but at the same time and see what your thoughts are um look i think you should if you co-parent well and you're better friends if you think about it you've already created these embryos there's no toxicity in this relationship you co-parent beautifully presumably you like the two-year-old that you had and um, genetics aren't everything but these embryos would be a genetic sibling um to your two year old. Having said that, Violet is genetically half sibling to Fena and Fred, but you would never know that she's got a different dad. Uh it doesn't you know, it's not something that comes up. She very much feels like their full sister, so or their sister. You know, it's just not a conversation that we have in our house about genetics and who loves whom or who's the most like whom because they're related. Violet looks more like Bobby than she looks like me. I'm not related to Bobby at all that I know of, and I love him a thousand percent. So, I mean, what are genetics really? There are people I'm genetically related to that I think are dicks. Oh, my God. I forgot to tell you guys this. I was actually going to put this in the podcast, and then I forgot, and I went right to the emails. All right. Let me finish answering your query, and then I will get into what I wanted to tell you about. Um. I think that if you're going to destroy those embryos anyway chuck one in have a sibling chuck two in depending on your age do what you want i think it's a great idea um if you're going to donate the embryos to another person who's wanting to expand their family that's a wonderful thing to do too but you know i think you should go for it and it sounds like a good idea to me chloe kardashian's done it Kim Kardashian arguably has done it. Even Kourtney Kardashian, you know she was done with Scott by the time Rain came along, but she was like, I want another kid out of this man. I think a lot of non-famous women have considered doing this too. I've heard, you know, oh, I want to divorce him. I don't love him anymore, but I'm going to have one more baby and then bounce. It's all more common than we think. Okay, so my answer is do it. Um, What I was going to say about family is that I am on a genetic – uh website. It's not so much an ancestry website. I did this back in 2008, uh, late 2008, when this app was wide open. You would spit into a tube, send it in, and this app would tell you whether you had the gene for cystic fibrosis, Parkinson's, the very serious breast cancer gene that Angelina Jolie had. I mean, it would tell you everything. Since 2008, a lot of these answers have been been locked out. You can't (coughs) find that information out because some people just can't handle it. But at the time, I mean, it was incredible. And it was thousands of pounds. But I did it through a Channel 4 um, educational module, so I didn't have to pay for it. I mean, the the drawback was, like, I had to put my genetics on display for this thing. But it was really cool. So if you have one of these genetic sites – it's it's neat because it can tell you about your health traits. It can get, well, it's not guessing, but it's telling you like you're more likely to have a few of these things. You probably have blue eyes and you have this. And here's where your heritage is from. It's mostly heritage based now. It'll go, you are 100% Irish. Well, thanks for that spoiler. And then it will match you up with family members. So if your dad is on there, like he'll pop up as your dad, regardless of if you put your real name in or not, because it knows genetically Like it'll match your genes and say, here's your sister, here's your uncle. But it'll also say, like, here's a fourth cousin. And that's not really a relative. You can bang them if you want. But I mean, it is sort of a relative. It's just pretty cool. So I'm on one of these sites. It has happened again, again. So not for the first time that someone has popped up as a close relative of mine. I'm not talking fourth cousin. I'm talking a close relative of mine. And I've thought, "Oh, who is this person?" And they don't know me. So it's not like they're reaching out like, "Oh, there's Katherine Ryan from Friday's episode of The One Show." You know, they're they're not doing that. They don't know my name. My name's not on there. My picture's not on there. All that I am to these people is a sequence of genetics and you know, their genes match with mine. So they reach out and they go, "Hey, do you happen to know who my mother is?" And I go, "Whoa, And then this has happened in the past where I've said, yes, I do know who your mother is. And it's someone in my family. And it is a secret baby that none of us knew. Um, And that was pretty wild. It's happened again that there is someone on there who's a close relative of mine. And this person is like, hey, do you happen to know who my dad is? And I do know who their dad is. Their dad is one of two people. So, I've reached out to some exclusive members of the family to tell them this hot tea. And I've said, "Look, this person, all the information they've given me uh, is legit. Their father is one of these two people, And they've reached out to some more people, and it's it's amazing, my family, because we're all related. This is what this is what I mean about genetics, not really counting for a lot. We're all genetically related, but we're so different. Some people in the family are really happy, want to embrace this whole thing. Like, oh, my God, another secret baby. How cool. Let's find out. And other people are in such, like, hoity-toity denial about it. They're like, oh, well, it couldn't be this man. It would never be this man. It must be the other man. And, like, I sort of, I don't know. I feel like it's offensive to be like, well, it's not the man closest to me. It must be the man closest to you, because the man closest to me would never be caught dead having a secret baby. And it's like, well, what do, why do you think the man closest to me would be caught dead having a secret baby? What's the difference between these men? Chill out. Any of the men closest to us could have fathered a secret baby because men live a long time and you're not with them every second of the day. And you don't know what they did. It's not, it doesn't make them a bad person. Let's find out who the father of the secret baby is together. No, some people don't want to know about it. And I think that's fucking rude. So if you're on any of these genetic websites, watch out. Watch out, man, because secret babies come out of the woodwork. And it's not just men having secret babies. In my family, women are having secret babies too. And I love getting to know them. (laughs) I mean, it hasn't happened a lot, but I mean, I feel like it's going to happen again it's happened it's happened more than it should have happened this is the second time um, possibly the second and a half time I love it I love it and and if you do one of these genetic websites it's not just heritage tea and secret baby tea like there could be health stuff in there that you find out that you didn't really want to know so what kind of person are you are you the kind of person who wants to know everything or are you the kind of person who will like let a sleeping dog lie because I'm telling you, this secret baby said to me, do you know what, I don't really care who it is. Because I said, some people in the family are being difficult and they I don't know if they want to explore this further. And they're like, no, that's fine, I don't care. My adoptive parents were incredible and I love them and I don't really need to know. And I was like, okay, well, I want to know. I want to know everything all the time. This is why I want to be telling everybody everything. I want everybody to be telling me everything. Have you had any Um, explosive news come out of these genetic websites. Please write me a letter. Catherine, it's not Catherine. I always say it's Catherine. It's telling everybody everything on gmail.com. Oh, my God, this is fresh. Who knows if this is even still the status of this relationship? Catherine, my partner of five years ended our relationship less than 24 hours ago in the middle of the night on New Year's Day. This isn't our first breakup. It's our third. Oh my God. It wasn't completely unexpected as we haven't been getting along for months. I'm almost 40. He's almost 35. We do not live together and I have a 13-year-old daughter from a previous relationship. Why is it that even though we hadn't been getting along, had a lot of issues in our relationship, and I felt like he was never really committed, I am devastated by this? Uh Aha! I know it's been less than a day, but after our previous breakups, I was exactly the same. I felt like I would never get over it and I'd spend the rest of my years mourning someone who I'm fairly sure would move on pretty quickly and has never shown me the same respect or attention that he showed to his friends. Before we had our breakup, we discussed going on a trip. He had once drunkenly implied that he would be proposing on this trip. Just for the record, I'm not someone who had a lifelong dream to get married and it wouldn't bother me if I never got married. But now I feel like it's not just the end of the relationship, but the end of the future I thought I would have and I feel completely lost oh my gosh so I have been like you I think we have all been like you and what you are doing is the classic story of dating for potential never date for potential not for the potential of who they could get if they weren't with you not for the potential of how quickly they would move on if they weren't with you not for the potential of who they could be If only you could straighten this or that out about them, uh, of how things could be, of how you could be. All of that is never going to materialize in a meaningful way. It does not matter. My last relationship uh, before the BK, love of my life, is someone that I'm still very good friends with now, but I feel like neither of us was toxic. We weren't bad people, but we weren't right for each other. Um, we're very good friends now, but we were both dating for potential. We were like, well, maybe we could be great for each other, but we, we couldn't. We were just friends, really good friends. And when he broke up with me, not for the first time, I was devastated because it's a rejection and it hurts and it feels like you're free falling and you don't know what's coming next. Sometimes it's better to know what's coming next, even if it's not the perfect thing for you. It's more comforting to stay in that space. But you just need to cut the cord and be like all right and I know I just talked about delayed cord clamping but you need to just go through this uncomfortable phase because your your soul craves like balance. Anytime something's out of balance inside, you kind of start screaming, but you need to go off balance sometimes and just live through that discomfort to get to the next best place because crucially Being with this man is blocking you from the best life that you can have. It's blocking you from the man of your dreams who could be walking down the street, or it's blocking you from some special connection with your daughter that you're not getting because you're preoccupied by someone that you know deep down when you're not panicking, when you've not just been dumped. You know this person isn't right for you. And of course, you have lovely moments and you talk about proposing and You do that romantic stuff, you go, maybe it could be like this, but it isn't going to be like that. If it was, it already would be. So be uncomfortable. I hope you're still broken up. And if you're not, break up with him again. (laughs) Oh, my God. I was going to keep this one to myself because it's just sometimes I read your emails and they're not for reading. They're just for me. But then I thought it was so funny. Catherine, I am Dutch with an American husband. I'm very familiar with name pronunciation issues. You could tell people, Fena, it rhymes with antenna. <laughs> Beautiful name. And I always think we all learned how Beyonce is pronounced. So Fena can teach the world how to pronounce this relatively super easy name. Fena, like antenna, is awful. It's, it rhymes with antenna. <laughs> I am going to say that. Thank you for that. And you know what? Yes, this is usually not a white person problem. It's usually uh, ethnic minority people have to deal with this. I just met a woman in a shop today called Shaquilla. She's like, yeah, it's Shaquilla like tequila, but people call her Shaquilla and like Shaquille. Like they can't say it. I feel like white people, especially and British white people, especially panic when they see any name they're unfamiliar with. And um, the example used by a lot of people is, well, you learned how to say Tchaikovsky. You learned how to say like all these important white names but you struggle with beyonce like come on so i mean i can't complain again fena it will never have to go through some of the uh stigma and racism and like racist panic to her name but people still can't fucking say it and now i'm going to tell them fena it rhymes with antenna this is ridiculous i had to think for a minute what this man was referring to Catherine, i've just had the displeasure of watching you on the jonathan ross show testicular cancer is no joke it saddens me you would think it acceptable to throw a cheap dig to gain a few misdirected laughs not funny would you make the same pop at breast cancer victims doubtful all right well here's where i don't understand why you can't have uh, uh, like it's basic reading comprehension is what it is i made no pop at victims of testicular cancer Uh, similarly no I would not make a pop at breast cancer victims a lot of what I say is trauma adjacent it is not at all directed at victims of anything so firstly I'm very sorry that you are clearly experiencing um, a a trauma in your life because you are sick and I hope that you get well very very soon Um, cancer is something that touches us all at some point in our lives if it's not you Uh, unfortunately, it's someone that you love. And that's a horrible thing. The joke that I said on the Jonathan Ross show was about uh, my two sisters and their different reactions to the lockdowns and the vaccine mandates and everything that was going on in Canada. I talked about Carrie believing that a group of people were trying to sneak a chip into her body. And then conversely, I spoke about Joanne being super vaxxed, masked up, isolating, even though she lives in the woods, And I said, Joanne would accept a vaccine for testicular cancer if it was offered to her. In what world do you think that is a pop at people who have testicular cancer? It is a pop directly in the face of Joanne, my personal sister, and how she would accept a vaccine for something that she could not uh, ever suffer from, seeing as she has no testicles. Do you get it? It's not at all um, diminishing or ridiculing the very real pain and fear experienced by someone going through testicular cancer. And again, my heart goes out to you, but your sense of humor, like if you could just give that a real shot in the arm, I think laughter would, and understanding what people are joking about and what people aren't joking about would really help you. They say laughter is the best medicine. So, I mean, like, if you think everything is an attack on you and your current situation, it really isn't. Like, that joke is not about testicular cancer at all. The joke is Joanne doesn't have any testicles, but she would accept a treatment for something to do with testicles because Joanne will accept any Ah. treatment. Fennec can't believe this. Look, sir, please think very carefully before trivializing something so serious as cancer. It's not funny. That's something I would never do happy new year i wish you well please think about the context of my jokes seriously before you accuse me of trivializing you when i care about you and i want you to feel better uh-oh katherine is stealing a dog always wrong probably katherine we are a family of dog lovers however my dad has always had a rule that he and my mom's house is a two dog only house They have two elderly rescues, loved and cared for in every way. Thankfully, he bent the rules a year ago when my relationship ended and I had to move back with my sweet little Yorkshire Terrier. My mom works in a little regulars pub and I help out there sometimes. There is a local man who frequents this pub and he brings his nine-year-old dog with him. A man who brings his dog wherever he goes sounds sweet, but no, it's quite the opposite. This man is an alcoholic. He's been banned from other pubs for getting wasted. Oh, and see, I can't even read this without trigger warning to Jen. Jen and people like Jen who love dogs, you're going to hear now about a dog being just a little bit abused. He kicks the dog when he's drunk. Okay. My dad said we cannot bring this dog to live in our house, but we reckon that we could find somewhere in our circle of family and friends that would give the dog the home she deserves and desperately needs. But how? We know we can't outright steal her because that's illegal, but we're also scared that if we report him and she's taken away, that we won't be able to help find her a new home and she might be euthanized because of her age. We are animal lovers. Watching this poor little sweet dog suffer is breaking our hearts. What do you think we should do? Oh, no. I don't know what you should do. I think living with alcoholism is really tricky um, because it is a disease and I'm sure that they have a great relationship and lovely moments. That's why he takes the dog around all the time. But he is also, you know, in underneath the alcoholism, he's probably a lovely man. But if he is acting out and hurting this dog, she probably is so sensitive that she's like, You know, it's scary living with an alcoholic because you never know what they're going to do and you don't feel peaceful living with an alcoholic, right? So this dog probably loves him too, but she's like scared all the time. Shit. So I think, yeah, they can't really be together. But you can't steal the dog. Okay, we're going to have to put this one out to the listeners because I know we have a lot of dog lovers. I'm sorry to end it with the dog getting kicked sometimes, but, you know. All right. What should this person do? Because I can't advocate you stealing a dog. And I know what you mean. You don't want to just call the authorities and have the dog go be euthanized or you don't know. You're too worried about that. So what can you do? Please let me know. And I will follow this up promptly next week at the beginning of the episode. Write me a letter telling everybody everything at gmail.com or you can just reach out to my Instagram so that I'll see it right away. Lord knows Joanne's off the clock. Um... (laughs) Please let me know what we can do about this dog. What is the best course of action? She doesn't say whereish she lives. Um, so, I mean, maybe different parts of the country have different outreach programs for this, but like give me a general idea. What is the best thing to do? We'll take a poll and we will pick this right back up next week. Thank you so much for listening. Um, I'm sorry that, you know, I still don't have a voice. I'm sorry if you have this cough. My God, I feel like everyone in the UK has this crazy cough. I also lost my sense of smell for a while, but it's come back now. That was a worry. I was like, oh, great. How long is this going to be gone for? Because with COVID, my smell was gone for too, 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 too long. Um, I wish you all a very happy new year. I hope that you are good to each other, kind, generous, calm, peaceful. I hope that you have high standards for yourself and you never date anyone based on potential. I hope you nip that alcoholism in the bud so that you can be in a good relationship with your dog and Jesus. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next week.
0: Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life.